The Mighty Whites podcast is recorded at the Medicine Room Studios. For more information, visit medicineroomstudios.com. Welcome to episode 118 of the Mighty Whites podcast. I am Jack, as always, joined by KC. Hello. How's things, mate? All good? Yeah, pretty good, thanks. How about you? Uh, yeah, pretty good. Um, a little bit of a rush getting set up because um, my uh, four-week-old daughter decided to shite everywhere <laughs> uh, very recently, so a bit of a rush to get sorted, but we're done now. Yeah, um, if, you need, if you needed a form of contraception, that, that image will do it for you. Yeah, um, well, just my face will do it for you. Uh, I, there's no way of transitioning out of that, because just like us, to start with something weird. But uh, I just want to mention this before we get into the podcast. A uh, big get well soon to Phil Hay. Uh, obviously, he's having... it's. Well, it was, was it yesterday it was announced? So he's had brain surgery today. Yes. Uh he seemed in very good spirits about it from everything that he was putting on Twitter and the like. Uh, he's had a benign tumour. Um, I'm sure everything will be fine, but a big get or something to fill here. I, I put it on Twitter the other day, but it is true. As much as he is a Hearts fan, he is as he's as much a part of Leeds as anyone who isn't directly Leeds United themselves. Phil Hay is as much a part of it. And it there was a long time when you were following this club where you couldn't believe a word you were hearing from the club and Phil Hayes' word was more important than what Leeds United said. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, it took us one year to ever adopt social media, but two under various uh, owners and chairmen. There was, it was more akin to propaganda what would come out of the club. So, you know, it's been a vital source of information. Um, his article that he put out yesterday as well just just kind of explaining why he's going to be absent for a while it was absolutely fantastic. Just explaining his, you know, time spent with, with Don Matteo and with Sol Bamba. Um, so, yeah, um, I, you know, being honest as well, because it's someone who, while I can't ever say I know Phil, it's a, someone that has been, you know, I have looked at his Twitter feed pretty much every day, so, you know, for the, you know, must be over a decade now. Yeah. Uh, so when you're reading something like that, it does, it, it certainly hit me a little bit. Um, yeah, I know what you mean with that. Obviously, I'm the same. I can't pretend that, like, I can't say I know Phil or I'm friends with him, but because it's not the case. But back in the day, I did do a little bit of work for the Yorkshire Evening Post. Uh, I have met him. I've spoke to him a few times since. Uh, he is just, in every experience I've ever had with him, he's a really, really nice bloke as much as everything else. So I'm sure we'll be back soon. If I was him, I would not tweet at all for ages and then wait until Leeds score and just do a massive goal tweet. And then you're going to get a reaction like Stone Cold Steve Austin just came out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like massive pop the entire fan base. Of it. So yeah, uh, I mean, hopefully, I, I, with something like this, even if it all goes swimmingly, I'm assuming it won't be massively quick. Uh, but yeah, I'm ju- just hopefully everything's okay for him and his family because he's such a young, he's you know, 
he's older than us, but he's a young guy. Uh, the fact that it's benign, they're, they're good medically now, and I, I always back doctors to be great. So I'm sure they'll be fine, and we'll uh, we'll look forward to his return. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that was, you know, that I wanted to say that first just so I didn't forget because it is important. And literally, other than a couple of weird accounts that were re- that are relics from the Chilino era, um, everyone loves Phil Hay. And everyone was pretty damn happy with Leeds nil, scum nil. Uh, excellent results. Not an excellent bit of football to watch, but... Uh... The, I, I think the, the positive spin you put it on that as a Leeds fan where you, you compare as to where we were four or five months ago and I don't know if it's naive, the naivety that we've cut out or or what it was, but the defensive unit at the moment just looks so much stronger, so much more well-organised. So even though we didn't have a lot you know, going forward, the back, you know, the back four and... And Phillips looked absolutely fantastic. Um, there yeah. we have got those boxes ticked. As you, as you can tell by those, the, the people watching live, uh, I've flashed a couple of graphics up on the screen because I wanted to bring that up. Uh, yeah, I think that for a, for a neutral, this was a dull game. As For Leeds fans, not so much because you're invested and you, you care. So it's a nil-nil draw against a team that you hate. You know, you'll be on edge, you'll get the adrenaline going a bit, even though it won't much of a game. But for a neutral, I can see how it wasn't very good. The uh, the thing that I really took from it, even though we didn't offer loads in attack, like did did we have a better chance than that Helder Costa one that got deflected over? No, I wouldn't say so. Yeah, like it, we really didn't create much, but the difference with this is it wasn't as if, even though we got we did get pushed back. We didn't sit back. This wasn't sit on the edge of your box and defend for your lives. We got pushed back. But the just the balance of the side right now with Dallas in midfield, it's not like, oh, learning lessons and being defensive. It's just a bit it's just a better balance. Uh and I am sure that in the summer, if Bielsa gets every player he wants, we'll go back to Gung Ho because that's what he believes in, and that's fine. But at the moment, this is the best way. And obviously, you mentioned the defensive. Like, I didn't give many people great, great score. I, didn't, I don't think I gave anyone further forward than Phillips much of a score in player ratings. I didn't give them bad ones either. They were like five, six, six and a half. But I thought Calvin Phillips, this was one of his best games in a lead shirt, I thought. And there's been a few now. It's not like the first time he's had a nine out of ten or better performance. But this one, I just thought, except for there was one good chance that he had. But for 75 minutes until Robin Cock came on and took over the job, he made Bruno Fernandes look very, very average. Yeah, I'd, I'd almost describe this as, for Calvin Phillips, almost a coming-of-age performance in as much as we've all seen what Calvin Phillips can do, but this is Calvin Phillips doing it against one of the best players in the division against one of the best teams in the division and, and just doing it consistently well for yeah. the whole time. He, he was absolutely fantastic. You know, I think that the joke that the commentators made was that the free kick uh, Fernandez took from 
about the edge of the box was the furthest away Calvin Phillips had been from him all game. Yeah. But, you know. Well, I, I I am sure that there was the running. I think it was where you know George Best going for a piss at half time and getting someone to follow him in to mark him. Yeah. You know, like th- this was that he was just all over him uh, throughout the game and just I thought it was brilliant. Uh, I thought Ailing and Alioski also did very well. Ailing slightly more so than Alioski, but I thought they were both very good. But I, above them, like oh, not very far behind Phillips. I thought both Diego Uente and Pascal Strauch were absolutely immense. Yes. It, it's, it's probably getting a little bit repetitive for us now about how impressed we've been with Uente and Strike over the last, you know, Uente for probably the last eight, seven, eight matches now. Strike obviously, when he's been coming in. Um, Got to give a lot of credit to Alioski because I think when you went into this run of of these three games, he's immediately kind of the weak link in the side that, you know, if you were just looking before kickoff. And across these three games, I've been very impressed with Alioski. You know, I thought he had a great game at, at, against Man City, but, you know, very, did a very disciplined job um, and then bombed forward whenever he could. I thought second, as Leeds got into the game against Liverpool, I thought Alioski became more and more of an attacking threat. And I think defensively, he, he showed a lot of quality against Man United. So I think he's got to get a lot of credit at the moment. Yeah, he is definitely. Although, like, I still maintain that, like, if we want to progress and go forward, you need a better left back than that. He has definitely been better than his ability level fairly consistently recently. He's had a couple of iffy games, which he's always going to. But Alioski has definitely really improved. Uh, as I said, I think there's been a lot of talk actually today that I've seen on social media. People going, should we be giving him a new deal? And I think that what that's missing out a lot of is that we have offered him a new deal. It's just that I, we're not going to offer him a new deal that is you're going to play every week on a big wage. And elsewhere, we might get that. So like Leeds, I, I would definitely you know offer him the deal, but you can't go mental because he's going to be a squad player. Yeah. Um it's it's a tough one because again he's he's not someone that certainly from a personality point of view it's going to be sad when when he goes because we all love him yeah but it it's one of those things where you also accept and I think we've all spoken about it it's just having a permanent left back who is a left back who does left back things um Although left back things in the Bielsa side is quite often central midfield things, <laughs> <laughs> following someone over to the right hand side if needs be. Um, but yeah, it, if he again, I know we've had the, the discussion about him a lot, so we won't go into it again. But if he's getting the offers for first team football on decent money, like you can't blame him for for looking at that. But um, it. In you know, in my heart, I'd like to think there is part of him that's playing his way into Bielsa's thoughts for oh maybe another season. Yeah. Oh well, he's definitely. I mean, I think he will be first choice until the end of the season. Now, barring injuries and stuff, uh, you know, maybe what? Mind you, what if he's probably off at the end of the season? He'll definitely play the last game of the season. 
Yeah. So we'll we'll see. Um, one thing that I did think from this game, because it was obviously quite cagey, a bit nervy, and it was very low on quality. Like both teams, to an extent, us prob- there was a lot of poor passing and stuff like that. But both teams were doing it, just like you know, really sloppy touches in midfield. You get so a Man United player would give the ball away, and we'd have a chance to break, and we'd give it straight back. There was a lot of that, and it wasn't helped by a referee that blew the whistle seemingly every 25 seconds. Uh, I thought this I thought this game was refereed horribly, actually. I'm not even... I mean, I think that we did get slightly the rough end of the decisions, like the little soft ones, Man United got them and we didn't. But it didn't come off to me as like a particularly... Like, oh, this cheat of a ref. It didn't come off like that to me. It just came off as, this is really poor refereeing. Just consistently through. And I think that resulted in a bad game. But I think this is probably the most a game that we've been involved in has missed having fans all season. Because I think if you've got that kind of bitty, sort of quite stressful, hanging on a bit at times to a draw sort of game, when it's Leeds v Man United, if you've got a crowd there, I think it actually becomes quite a good game to watch. Yeah, and I think you had to... You know the the crowd's going to be piling onto the referee, making those decisions as, as time goes on. I think every time you see someone put in a, a bit of a last ditch tackle, you know you're going to get a, you're going to get the raw. See, so just seeing you know you want that early tackle to go in and then just have your you know you just shot forty thousand there. Shout it, fucking get into him! Like that's <laughs> that's what it missed, and um, yeah, the the, the atmosphere. Would have would have added a lot to that occasion because I think it, you, I don't I don't know how good it would have been as a Leeds player because I think there'd have been a lot of uh, a lot of nervousness amongst the crowd for the for the amount of time Man United spent on the ball but yeah, um, yeah it it would have added to to that game which was um, lacking a certain quality shall we say yeah that was that was my main takeaway from it I don't know if it was. You know, I don't know if it was just the the way that the game was played and whether both teams had a little bit of nervousness. or where, But there was just something about... I, I don't think I've seen us have a game of such low quality, including ones where we've like lost badly. Like, actual on-the-ball quality. It just looked... It looked like... In terms of first touch and stuff, it looked like an opening game of pre-season. Mm. At times, where just the touch just isn't there. Uh, but I, I, I think it was just an aberration. I think it'll go. Uh, another get well. Uh, the other thing is that to talk about is we came into April with you know, Chef, well, Chef United at home, Man City away, uh, Liverpool at home, Man United at home, and we were saying, well, you need to beat Chef United, and then if you pick up a point, maybe two. You're absolutely delighted. And we've come out of that with eight points and unbeaten. Yeah. It's uh, pretty goddamn impressive. And Bielsa absolutely has to... I mean, manager of a month does not matter, but I'll be pissed off if he don't win it this month. Yeah, it's... You know, when you when you, when you put them all together, the, the, the Sheffield United game was, was a very dominant performance on our part. Man City was just... A defensive masterclass in terms of just frustrating our position. Um, 
you know, the Liverpool game turned into an excellent performance where we could have where we could have got a, you know got three points from that as we as we grew into the game, and then this game again, which another in in a completely different way, but another excellent defensive display. Um, yeah, there've been four four fantastic performances, and could, you know, coming out of a run of games that at the start of the season you looked at where. Not, not that any of us saw Sheffield United being in this position now at the start of the season, but you look at that as a Yorkshire derby and then playing three teams who, at, before a ball's been kicked, you would all have contending for the title. Mm. You know, there is part of you thinks we could, re, you know, realistically come out of that running games with no points. You know, yeah. it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been. Out, you know, out of the ordinary if, if that had happened, but um, no, it's it's a credit to to where we are at this point and how how well we've progressed over the season. Yeah, it's it's nice to be able to. It, it was, I think, it was a good sign that we obviously we competed well enough because we got a draw. But I think it says a lot about how far we've come when we got to sort of the end of this game and when you went online. You saw a lot of people, and obviously I've said that the quality wasn't that high, so I can understand it. There was a lot of people disappointed. And after the 6-2, you wouldn't have thought that we'd have been dis- there'd have been people disappointed with a 0-0 in the return fixture. I was elated once we'd gone the first five minutes without conceding. Yeah, I think I tweeted after three <laughs> minutes. Well, after three minutes, this is a much better start than last time. Um, have we... This is just one top of my head. Are Wolves the only team that's beat us twice? Then, uh, that I can think of. Yeah, obviously, we and we were the better team in both of those games. Yeah, and as you tweeted again the other week, I can't believe. Uh, was it when they lost to Burnley? I can't believe that he's beat us twice. Yeah, I, I still can't believe that we managed to lose to. But they were both basically on goals. Um, did you see anything of the twenty threes game? Uh, I didn't get a chance to see that. All right, well, I'll go for it quickly. Uh, 23's 1-1 draw at Fulham. Um, it was quite a young side. Uh, Joe Gelhart is injured uh, or unavailable. I don't know, but he wasn't on the bench against Man United and then he didn't play in the 23's, so he's unavailable. So Sam Greenwood moved back up front, uh, took him three minutes to score, put us 1-0 up against Fulham. We were massively, massively dominant in the first half. Uh, should have been ahead by a lot more. Uh, Fulham did have one big chance early on. Noah and Kenny had a bit of a cock up, and Elliot Capriel made a really good double save. Uh, but we made three changes at half time, which made the team a lot less experienced. Like brought Max Dean up on up front for Sam Greenwood, brought Niall Huggins on for Crescencio Somerville, and pushed Liam McCarran up to left wing from left back, and brought Charlie Allen on at middle of midfield for Jamie Shackleton. So that's like just turned 17, Huggins 19 and Charlie Allen just turned 17. And in the second half, we were back to the wall. Fulham did equalise just before half-time, despite it being a dominant performance. Just header from a corner, no chance for a keeper. Um, we, for a set piece, did we? Yeah, well, we, don't, we haven't done that very much <laughs> lately. I, I know it's hard to believe, but we really we haven't been mad on that front. But uh, yeah, it was a good game first half. Second half, we were back to the wall. And then Max Dean... Like, Niall Huggins did a really good run, beat a man and played Max Dean clean through in stoppage time. It was a decent save from keeper, but it's one where, if you're a striker, you think I should have scored that. But it was a decent game, and obviously they've already won the league, 
so it's good to get some youngsters in. The two that really stood out, uh, obviously he made a big save at the start of the game, but second half, Ilya Capriel was really good in goal. It's one of the best goalkeeping performances I've seen him have. He was really good on all fronts. Made some really good saves. Uh, claimed crosses fairly well. His dist- quick distribution was very good. Him and uh, Ollie Casey. Who I'm get that there was no Cresswell either. Come to think of it, because uh, it was Casey and Noan Kenny at the back with Jenkins in front of them, uh, and they were Ollie Casey had a really good game. He stood out a mile. It's almost as if once Cresswell isn't there, he gets to take over all the bringing the ball out, playing long diagonal passes role that Cresswell plays. So it sort of, it it really helps him. But they they both looked really good in this game. Uh, it's good to hear with Casey because obviously, you know, if you don't watch the the twenty threes, your exposure to him has been. Did he play in the the whole game in the League Cup, or was that uh, just Cresswell? I think that was just Cresswell. Casey, I mean, I, I think Oli Casey's come on. He he may have played as well, but I remember that um, like Oli Casey came on at holding mid. Like, was that away at Huddersfield? When we won 2 0, when Alioski scored that volley. It might have been, actually, yeah. Yeah, um, and he's had a couple of them, but yeah, he, uh, he, he also. Because obviously, the, the other one is is the FA Cup game from this season when he came on, and that's um, that's not what you want to be thinking of Oli Casey from that game. No, I'm just going to check his cap minute. Yeah, um, yeah, he did. He. He didn't play against Hull because uh, the whole game, the centre-back pairing was Charlie Cresswell and Leif Davis. Oh, no, I'm wrong. Ollie Ke- Sorry, I'm looking at the BBC and I didn't see Casey because he, he, he did play DM. But the BBC has Bogarts at DM, so I didn't scroll down that far because it's got Casey in the click role, yeah. which, w- which will not have been right. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I think for him, and, and, and obviously it's tough to tell in the circumstances in which he's been given first-team football, they're not the best appearances I've seen between that. and It was Fleetwood in the in the FA Cup, wasn't it? I always get them mixed up with Crawley. Uh, no, it was Crawley in the FA Cup. It was Cup. Crawley. With I always that, get them too. With that twat from Only Ways Essex on it. Um, yeah, so it's it's encouraging when you see when you actually see him playing in the 23s at, at what is probably his level at the moment and yeah. looking accomplished um and hopefully you know he, he's probably one of those I'd look at and, and say a loan spell is, is probably what he needs sooner yeah. rather than later yeah for i mean for what it's worth it was just i mean now I, I would I, I've, as with anyone in the 23s i hope they become brilliant and play every week and are just and end up being eighty million pound footballers, but it's not all gonna. It's not going to happen for all of them. If I was picking, I think that of Cresswell and Casey, I think Cresswell's the better one. Uh, I think Casey will have a solid career, and I think he'll be sort of League One lower Championship. I think he's. A, I think he's a good footballer, but I don't think he's quite going to step up enough. But I'd send him out on loan and see how he handles it first. Um, if, he leads, anything like, if he handles anything like Alfie McCalmont has handled loan football, he'll be uh, he'll be all right. He'll he'll do okay for himself. Yeah, well, we were actually on about this on the uh, in the group chat on for through it all together, which we all write for at, at thiu it's all lufc. Uh, 
how Bielsa, generally speaking, the ones he ships out on loan are the ones he doesn't think are going to do it. And obviously, several of them have done, like Robbie Gotts is doing quite well as well. But if you would think if one of them's going to change their mind and get a look in, you'd think it's McCalmont. I mean, it's... it's uh, you've got to try and look past his goals as well, but he does score some fantastic goals. Yeah. Um, but by all accounts, he, he's having a very good loan spell at Oldham. Um, yeah, it's not just for screamers. By the sounds of it, he's just playing really, really well. Yeah. Um, I mean, in my head, Robbie Gotts is going to come back and, and run that right-hand side, really. Yeah, because he... he <laughs> England right-back Robbie Gotts. Yeah. That's, that's, that's how I make him anyway. Yeah. Um, speaking of international football, Leeds have been linked with a Georgian international. Good luck me. From Ruben Kazan, either-footed, quick, skillful, tricky winger, looks like he really likes a shot as well. You, one of those who YouTube highlights make him look great. And all of the data people on Twitter who obviously look into it far more than me, all of them have him flashing up as being a really good signing. Isn't he also really tall? Uh, if he is, I haven't really noticed that. Uh, it's very possible. Uh, oh, it's just for a winger. Yeah, it says one meter eighty-three, so like six foot. Uh, but hmm, Kvishva Kvavatskela ish sounds delicious. Those of you watching live, which obviously will not be many of you, but it's on the screen. <laughs> Give me a second. I mean, it's Sheila, and that's what we're going to have to cut off. Sheila. Yeah. Kvavat Sheila? Kvitcher Kvavat Sheila? Something like that. But, uh, Let's just go with Kvitcher. Yeah. Um, Kvitcher Kvavat Sheila Kazan. Oh, dear. Uh, oh, my. <laughs> The crusty comedy classic. Um, eight caps and three goals for Georgia. He, uh, he appears, as I said, this is one of them. I don't know much about him. Based on what I've read, seems like fun. And he's, I still aren't sure whether he's right or left-footed because he appears to be very two-footed. But um, because he isn't purely left-footed, that makes me think Victor Otto won't want him. Uh He's very heavily linked with AC Milan, Dortmund and Juve. I've read a couple of things saying Juve are in pole position to get him. But uh, we'll see. I mean, have you got anything much to say other than he's got a complicated name? Uh, I am going to assume that he will become the modern-day Georgie Gakuhiti. Only, only, only a true FM person thinks of <laughs> Georgie Gakuhiti. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, he's got a long way to go to, to reach the standards of George King Clancy, but, you know, he he's next level. Formerly at Leeds United, George King Clancy. Not on, formerly on, of Leeds United. On formerly trial. At, formerly at <laughs> Leeds United. I was, very, I was very distinct in the way I phrased that. It's a shit... It, obviously, there's always those list of players you missed out on, and you hear... What we had George King Clancy on trial and didn't sign him. Yeah, but we had him on trial when he was like thirty-five. Yeah. This <laughs> was after he made his comeback to Derby. This isn't like in the early nineties when we didn't we have Lippmann and Sammy Herpier on trial. So, yeah. yeah, and they didn't do which, you know, is a bit annoying. But I'm just I basically I 
I don't want us to sign him because I don't want to hear my dad try and pronounce this. <laughs> I'm just waiting for your dad to be like, ah, bloody Belarusian lad. He's Georgian. Yeah. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> Although apparently I, 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 from- listen, in, in 10, 15 years time when, he, when your dad's trying to describe him to you and he's giving you all this false information about him. Yeah. Yeah, ju- just to confuse Matt as to what it's worth is is uh, his dad was an Azerbaijan international. Ooh. Just to uh, just to confuse matters. All the glamorous nations now. By the way, just um, I might as well say because the reason that me that Casey is saying, uh, you know, when he's giving you a clue and it's a completely incorrect clue. Basically, my dad once had me thinking for about an hour and a half because he couldn't remember the name of his player that used to play for Leeds. And the only clues that he could remind me of were played for Leeds, striker, England international, and black. So I went through... Obviously, I went straight to Michael Ricketts. But no. And by the end of it, I'd gone through... Nearly every striker that we'd had in the past 25 years, even ignoring all those clues, and he still couldn't remember. And the person he was thinking of was Adi Akinbaye, who never played for England or Leeds United for that matter. So, <laughs> at least yeah. he was black. Yeah, obviously, our former, former and whenever he wants to be back on, <laughs> when he wants to be back on. <laughs> saying, yeah, my dad trying to adapt this guy's name. Uh, well, we'll move on to Saturday, a game which I, I'm sure everyone else out there knows, but I'd forgot. This game's on Amazon Prime. So, yes, thank you for the reminder. Yeah, this game's on Amazon Prime, but, you know, it's other places on the internet. For the many of you that won't have it, uh, we... If it's, if it's like any other football game... Just wait until it's just finished and it'll probably be on Pornhub. I'm unaware of this, but I believe you. <laughs> well, it'll be one of those things where it'll be given a really crude title, but uh Yeah. Yeah, this 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 is oh, no, I don't no, I don't want it I don't want to know what the titles will be because you know what the internet's like and it's Brighton. <laughs> it's not right, but that's what'll happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm formulating some titles in my head, but I definitely can't say them. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Brighton away, Saturday three o'clock. Um, we got beat 1-0 in the match at Ellen Road, but I basically don't count that because Kiko Kaseya was in goal. Uh, and I don't remember if the goal, I don't remember the goal at all. I'm fairly sure it was Mopai, but I don't remember. I'm just going to say it was Kiko's fault. I, I don't want to say I'm defending Kiko Kaseya because I... You know, I'm quite happy with what our Twitter following is at the moment. Um, I do remember this, and I have to say, none of what happened was actually his fault. Oh, shame. Despite the fact we, we were all very willing to blame him before the game had even started, <laughs> we had all settled on, well, if we lose this, it's his fault. If I remember rightly, Mopai ended up with a tapping at the back post, and Luke Ayling was about 10 yards away from where he probably should have been. Oh, yeah. I do remember that goal now. Yeah. It, it, this was when the man marking had ever so slightly broken down somewhere. Uh, um, well, I've just got the lineup up now, actually. 
Um, it's fair to say we're a little bit makeshift at the back because we're searing goal, Dallas right back, Alioski left back, Ailing and Cooper and Strauker's holding mid. And Strauk, obviously, Strauk is fine at holding mid, but he's not Calvin Phillips. And his protection can't have been much because it was Rodrigo and Click as the central yeah. midfield pairing, which was our, that was our peak thing of going, they're both good players, playing them both together does not work. And we, you know, we went through that a lot. So you, I don't think we can read too much into that game, really. Uh, look, you know, looking back at it, they they haven't changed a great deal in terms of the way they play. They still play a free, a sort of three four two one slash three four three, because they don't really play wingers in front of the wing backs. It's not more like uh, Alexis McAllister, Lalana, or Trossard. So they kind of play centrally. Um, but because they play three at the back and they're playing that system, we will sort of end up in a four four two. You'd think. Yeah, so most likely because I'm guessing from our team, it just moves to Tyler Roberts playing higher up the pitch. You would think so. Him sort of dropping off the front with Bamford properly leading the line, trying to drag one of their three centre backs out. Because I don't know which three they'll pick, but like Webster. Lewis Duncan, Ben White are all good. Is, is Ben White suspended for this or was he suspended for the last match? Because he got he got sent off in either his previous game or the game before that, or Brighton's previous game, I should say. Um, so, I think, because it was a, sec- a late second yellow, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I so, don't know. I, I think that that was... I don't think that suspended him for this one. I think that suspended him for the... Although no, maybe I think you're probably right because I just got up the probable lineup on who scored, which is normally wrong. But they've got a back three listed as Veltman, Dunk, Webster. What a lawfer! Yep. Dewey, cheat, cheat him and how? Uh, so yeah, he may well be out in that case. Then um, the way they play is always the same. They play decent football and can't finish. At what point? Like how I sort of don't know what to think with Brighton because obviously XG isn't everything, but it is something, and they're like fifth in that table. At what point is it just bad finishing, and at what point is it statistical anomaly plus bad finishing? Yeah, I mean, this has been a problem for them all uh, season, hasn't it? Just, just to say, Kieran, Kieran's just messaged us saying Ben White is available. So it must have been I, the last game. I just, I just look now. Actually, I didn't want to change my answer to a different question that you'd asked me. But yeah, they, yeah. they played, they played Sheffield United uh, a few days after that as well. So, so yeah, yeah he should be back. Um, no, in terms of their goal scoring, though, this, is, I, I think it was when they played Man United at home, and this, this must yeah. be fairly early on in the season. The amount of times Trossard seemed to hit the crossbar was. It was outstanding. Yeah, well, that was the most... Ma- was that, it was, I think it was 3-2, one thing to Man United, and we got a penalty after the final whistle. Yeah. like And Brighton had hammered them. I think they hit the woodwork like four times in that game. And they've had quite a few games like this where they've played really, really well and got nothing. Uh, like for instance, I know that it's, it sounds like a stretch, but genuinely, I think Spurs could do a lot worse than getting Graham Potter. Yeah, I'd, it's it's the thing where 
they like this summer for them that they can't look anywhere else other than a striker who's going to get them goals. Um, you know, it's, I don't want to put. Obviously, I'm not someone who puts all my stock in in XG. But when you look at the XG table as to where Brighton would be if they were taking their chances. Not even taking the chances. If they were just like, if they were slightly below average, they'd be above us, according to that. Now, it's not quite as simple as that because obviously you get weird game state things. You know, Brighton being 1-0 down with 30 minutes left and the other team sitting back. It's not... Uh, it's not the be all and end all, but they should they shouldn't be seventeenth. They are better than Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, the, like if, if you compare the two sides, like Brighton actually play some quite nice football. I like the I like the setup there, and obviously it's it's a style that that that's it doesn't well depends on who your manager is. In Bielsa's eyes, forces us to change system hmm. to to match them. They've got some. Brilliant players there. Just just at a goal scorer. That's all they need is a goal scorer. So what they need to do is look at some of Sheffield United strikers once that, you know, once yeah. that's <laughs> get Ollie McBurney in and he'll get them the solid seven goals that, that they need. Yeah. By the way, uh, Villarreal have just gone one 0 up against Arsenal in Europa League semi. Uh, <laughs> the um I think the other thing, I think the other thing that says a lot about them. Like, this is tw- 12th downwards in the league and goal difference. Wolves minus 13, Palace minus 20, Burnley minus 15, Southampton minus 18, Newcastle minus 18, Brighton minus 6, Fulham minus 18, West Brom minus 34, Sheffield United minus 38. They've had a lot of really narrow, unlucky defeats. Um, so, yeah, this, this will not be an easy game. And also, they're not safe yet. So, even though... We're a Bielsa team. I don't expect us to let up at all. They do have a lot more to play for than we do. Is this going to be another day of of watching Brighton players run down the middle for 30 yards for us? We're not... I mean, don't get me wrong, it still happens. We're not as bad for that now with, now Stuart Dallas is in there because he appears to be the one that's tasked with, right, leave him, everyone move up one and go to the ball. So that does appear to help a lot. But with them having three at the back, and if it is going to be White, Duncan, Webster, White and Webster particularly are good at bringing the ball out, especially Ben White. That's one of the things I like. Especially Adam Webster. (laughs) Um, I haven't actually seen a great deal of the press conference today, so I don't know if he said all about Hilda Costa after he went off following in the German suplex from Wambasaka. No, the the only bit I have seen is that it sounds like Rodrigo will be in the squad, but Rafinha's Rafinha is it a hematoma he's he's suffering with at the moment. Yeah, he's had. Well, I mean, for, that's obviously not much was made of it outside of lead circles, but like that Fernandinho tackle on him was definitely a red card because it wasn't. It wasn't. There's a difference between he's beat me cynical pull of the shirt and he's beat me cynical boot him up in the air. Like, yeah. You know, as much as Cooper was higher and his studs were showing, but one of those tackles was a deliberate high foul late after the ball that has injured someone. And Cooper's was basically a clearance where he caught him on the follow-through. And Cooper's is the red card and Fernandinho's is only a yellow. It was 
shite refereeing. But yeah, Rodrigo back, you would assume that it's going to be Dallas and Roberts. Well, I was going to say in the middle, but it'll actually probably end up being Dallas and Phillips in the middle with Rodrigo in front of them, with uh, Roberts in front of them because uh, of the change in formation. But it'll be good to have him back on the bench because he's a good creative option. And I would like to see him get at least half an hour if we can. I don't know when the under-23s next play because he'll probably then play the first half of that as well. This, this sort of system is, is probably best suited to having Rodrigo come on as well, where he's, where he's going to be allowed, you know, less defensive responsibility in terms of, you know, I don't think he'll be expected to track back as far as he, as he is when he's playing as, as more of a central midfielder. Yeah, up against a back three, in theory... Now, the problem is that I don't, I don't particularly rate... Well, no one does. Rodrigo's pressing isn't great either, so pressing the back three won't be great at. But Bamford and Rodrigo versus a back three, in theory, I quite like. Yeah. Uh, it, we'll see. I dare say, I, I mean, I'm, I'm fairly sure. I'd be surprised if he don't get on at all. Either... Will be ch- if we're in front, he might not because he might make because the changes might be a little bit more uh, sort of sensible than that in terms of defensive work. But if it's level or we or it's going badly, I would expect him to get on. Um, they've got obviously the finishing isn't great. They've got that's the thing with them. Like Morpé is as much as I don't like him as an ass. He's a good player, but his finishing's been nowhere near this season. Danny Welbeck is a good player. You can't rely on him to be fit, but he is a good player. Lalana can't necessarily rely on him to be fit, but he's a good player. Gro- Pascal Gross, the same. That Jakob Moda that will probably play left wing back, he looks good, what I've seen of him. Alexis McAllister, I think he's really good too, like in terms of technical ability. They've got a lot of clever, good players, but the the one that stands out for me is Yves Bissouma in middle of midfield. I think he looks really good. I'm, uh, I, I, I don't I, think he'll be there next season. Put it out there. Yeah, I mean, I you know this season the, the the player from their team that has really caught my eye has been has been Ben White. Uh, yeah, he looks he looks decent. <laughs> he looks no, like an all right footballer. Yeah, you know, I, I mentioned him earlier for for the chance where I hit the crossbar. I've, I've I've been kind of impressed with with Trossard this season as as another one who just loves cutting inside and just curling one towards the far post. Um, ideally, if he keeps hitting the crossbar into this game, that would be ideal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as, as I said, like I, I like the setup there. He's, he's got them playing with a decent style. You know, Going forward, they've got some creative players, you know, very good technically on the ball. Mm. And then if I were them... Uh, just get Eddie and Ketcher in. That's the answer. You heard it here first. You know what? I think he'll be available in the summer because uh, they've managed to get following Balogun to sign a new deal because he was all but going to a Bundesliga club because he was sick of not getting a chance because he, he'd, he'd play in 23s for Arsenal every week and just like play 45 minutes and score three goals. <laughs> just uh, He shouldn't have been playing that, but they wouldn't give him a chance. And if he's agreed to sign a new deal, I can only think that they've agreed that he's going to be promoted into the first team. I Which think, I think might that, I mean Nketiah, think... at the very least, goes out on loan, but he might well be available. I think there's a, there's a couple of players from the Arsenal team who will be looking to move on. You know, I think 
someone like Reese Nelson. I think for yeah. him, it's really about time for him to make a, a permanent move. Mm. Um, so that that you know, I know this is really for us to talk about on this podcast, but there, there'll be a few interesting players in there. The, you know, the, the you know the, the English younger players in there. There's, there's quite a few good players in there. Probably be worth taking a look at. Yeah, if they, they not just take- not just for Brighton for us as well. I don't think Brighton could talk if he's available if he was available on loan, maybe. Uh they wouldn't be able to do him permanent. But if Brighton could get older Tammy Abraham. Yeah, I saw today that apparently uh, Leicester the favourites to, to sign him this summer. So Ian actual Abraham Vardy. Fair folks, <laughs> that's a that's a good lineup of strikers, especially with Ian Acho now who's turned into an absolute world-beater. So I got distracted then because I just noticed that Villarreal's left-back is Alfonso Pedrafa. Oh, go on, lad. <laughs> uh, so he's now become a left-back. So it turns out that when you're looking back at players we had in the Championship, he might actually be the one we need, <laughs> which you wouldn't have seen coming. What a, what a strange time when we signed him on yeah. load. Like him, well, did, we, did, we him and, did we get him and Mo Barrow at the same time? Uh, I think Pretty so, much. yeah. Because I believe then, we had an op- I think we had an option on Pedrafa for like twelve million quid or something, and then we're like, oh, he doesn't look that good. He had that one. He scored that one goal at Birmingham, didn't he? Three-one win. Yeah, um, yeah. He's one of those that one based on Football Manager was was very good, mm. but I also think he just came into league at completely the wrong time. <laughs> No, yeah, that's true. It wasn't uh, it wasn't the best moment. Um, will tomorrow be, tomorrow today's Thursday, Jack? Will uh, Saturday be a good moment for Leeds United? Uh, yes, uh, I'm feeling very confident going into this one now, off the back of this run of results, which I know in my Leeds United head should make me think there's something bad coming. We've done something good for a little while now, so something bad's coming. Hmm. Um, but no, I feel I feel confident about this one as as the team goes. Obviously, we're not quite full strength, but you're going to have everyone playing in their natural positions, pretty much at least, which is a step up on last time. Mm. Got a mu- got a much better goalkeeper because Kiko let us down last time, obviously, as we, as we recapped. Mm. Um, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say three nil win. That is confident. I'm Brighton are not a bad side at all. They're at home and they've got a lot to play for. I'm going to say one apiece. That's, uh, reasonable. That's reasonable. Like you say, they, they need to, at this point, while they shouldn't get dragged into a proper relegation scrap, they could do with getting another win or two quickly. Yeah. The only uh, I was tempted to go for a 4 2 defeat again because it, we keep getting good results when I do that. But no, I'll, I'll go one apiece. Um, I f- that will do us then for episode 118 at Mighty White's Podcast. We're at MightyWhitesPodcast.com and at Mighty White's Pod on Twitter. The stuff we write goes up on Through It All Together, which is at THRU It All LUFC on Twitter and Through It All Together.SBNation.com. Um, I don't know exactly when we'll be back, but one of the evenings next week. Uh, so that'll do us, I reckon. Help to add, Casey? No, I think we're all good. Cool. Well, I've been Jack. See you. I've been Casey. Have a good one. In a bit. Mm-hmm.